What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to a late-ass episode of Vanished in the Valley. Yeah, we're a little day off here, uh, trying to, like, hobble and tackle life with a broken foot has kind of thrown a wrench in like my entire existence, but I'm figuring it out slowly but surely. I have a bunch of stuff we got to talk about today before we get to my latest conspiracy. And it's not even like a latest conspiracy. It's one that's been fucking going on for like 20 years. It has to do with the opiate epidemic, Purdue, all the kickbacks doctors got, the billions of dollars they made. So before we even get into all that fucking nasty bullshit, we're going to talk about what is going on in the mainstream media, what they're talking about now, what they're not talking about now. I'm also going to talk about one of my podcast episodes that kind of like an established uh, different podcast. I'm not going to say copied, but they fucking copied (laughs) almost word for word some of the shit I said. So I will get to that in a little bit, but... Let's start with my favorite shit to bitch about, the mainstream media. So let's get a little background first. The Chinese Biological Laboratory in Wuhan is owned by GlaxoSmithKline, which coincidentally also owns Pfizer. That's the one who's making the jab, the quote-unquote vaccine against the virus, which was accidentally started at the Wuhan Biological Lab and which was accidentally funded by Dr. Fauci, who accidentally promotes the vaccine. So GlaxoSmithKline is accidentally managed by the finance division of BlackRock, which coincidentally manages the finances of the Open Foundation Company, which is the Soros Foundation, which manages the French AXA. So all of these people, all of these corporations, all of these billionaires are all intertwined. Bill Gates has his grubby little fingers in it. And before when you mentioned, hey, this virus most likely is human engineered and did escape from the Wuhan lab, you were called crazy. I was, I was called a conspiracy theorist. I was fucking straight up banned. My account on Instagram was banned because I kept talking about this last year around this time. So let's go a little bit in time before the pandemic actually kicks off, like the actual very beginnings of all this craziness. Representatives from the World Economic Forum, the CDC, John Hopkins University, Population Center, the World Bank, the Chinese government, and vaccine maker Johnson & Johnson were among those at the event, which was organized by Bill Gates and to coincidentally simulated a worldwide pandemic triggered by a novel coronavirus. I mean, really? Really? Are they fucking really predicting the future or are they planning the future there? Come on. Mirroring now what is occurring, social media censorship was a prominent strategy used at the event to protect the dissemination of vaccine propaganda and the narrative surrounding the global event. So I'm talking about event 201 and I had thought about talking about this before on the podcast because it is a huge part of what's going on, but there's like so much going on that it can get overwhelming. But just because it's overwhelming, just because it sounds fucking crazy, doesn't make it not so. So I'm going to briefly tell you about Event 201. If you want, look it up. It's fucking 
all over. You can read it. It's not even a conspiracy theory. But that's kind of what I'm getting at right now. Event 201, where Bill Gates and his fucking billionaire boys got together and said, hey, what if there was a world pandemic with a novel coronavirus? And they got billions of dollars sunk into vaccines and fucking labs everywhere. I don't know why I have to keep fucking connecting these dots. And like six months later, the fucking government gets on it. So if you look up Event 201, you're going to see some of the main players as Bill Gates, the World Health Organization, Klaus Schwab. Now, that might sound a little bit familiar. I don't know. He's the fucking guy that created Google. So he's another super billionaire. So apparently in 2020, we, as in, you know, the United States, withdrew funding to the World Health Organization. And Mr. fucking Bill Gates came in and, I guess, took care of that funding. So he's there. The World Health Organization is there. There's just a bunch of fucking powerful megalomaniac globalists there talking about, hey, what if there was a pandemic? And it happens. So check out Event 201. I'm not going to keep fucking talking about it, but it definitely all ties in. So mainstream media, Congress, the Senate, our fucked up government, they're finally starting to like say, hey, maybe we should actually do an investigation into this and let's not put a motherfucker that is working in that lab in charge of the investigation like they did last time. So I did an episode on that. I'm not even going to get into this bullshit because it's not supposed to be about coronavirus. This is about the mainstream media fucking just demonizing anybody that goes against their narrative. How journalists today aren't fucking journalists. It's like, are they all bought off? Are all these media stations bought off? Because I know like, you know, five, six corporations owns all of our media. And it's probably like the carrot versus the stick. It's like, say our narrative, go along with it, report A, B, and C, and you'll be rewarded. If you don't, you will be demonized. We will take away your livelihood. If you have a medical license and you go against what we say, we will threaten to take it away. Like what's happening with Dr. Joseph Mercola. Many other doctors too. But... I just, I, apparently nobody fucking cares about this. Maybe it's just our government that cares about it because people are still lining up to get this experimental shot. And apparently what's happening with this virus, this vaccine, what's causing all the problems is the spike protein that the coronavirus causes inside the body. Well, check this out. The vaccine does the exact same thing. And it's basically creating crazy blood clot disorders. You know, there was a 15-year-old that died of a brain aneurysm a few days after getting the shot. And his dad is in intensive care with a blood clot in his lung. So it's the spike proteins that are hurting everybody. And I also know that during one of the vaccine trials, they actually had to quit the trials on animals because too many animals were dying. The media doesn't report about that. They're talking about some 95% efficacy bullshit. I'm sorry, 100% of people in the environment are not infected. So those numbers are very misleading. You have to look into it. And by no means am I telling anyone not to get vaccinated. Never do I want somebody to think that. Fucking, <laughs> it's your life. It's your body. Don't listen to some motherfucker on a podcast. I just say what I would do. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm fucking healthy and I have an immune system. But you're an hopefully intelligent adult. Make your own fucking decisions. Look into this shit, though. Be informed before you go out there 
and get some shit that's been tested for six months and had to stop on the lab animals because they were all dying before you go do this. But now it seems like the media is finally turning on Bill Gates for whatever reason, just totally out of the blue. Now he's getting a hella negative press when before he was the fucking golden boy of the pandemic. And Fauci, who is also like the fucking golden government boy of the pandemic, is now finally having to answer for giving fucking China this kind of information. And some people will say, we're not giving it to them. China already had it. Bullshit. Look at the fuck up. It came from America, that technology. We gave it to them. We gave them the ability to make deadly diseases deadlier to humans. Who the fuck is supposed to be in charge of this? They need to fucking go to jail. Him and Fauci can fucking share a cell. Little fucking spineless turtles. But the media, the mainstream media, would have done like the most basic research into Fauci, the NIH, the Wuhan Viral Institute. All of these players, they easily could have found a money trail. And everybody knows you fucking follow the money. Why weren't the mainstream media reporting about it? Was it because they were too busy colluding with the DNC? Too busy planting false stories for the DNC? Too busy creating narratives with the DNC? I mean, how the fuck is this journalism? Back in the day, these motherfuckers used to actually investigate shit and either tell the truth, come pretty close to the truth. In most cases, it's like investigative journalism is dead unless you're independent. So I don't expect much from the media. I don't expect much from our government. But people like Fauci need to be held accountable for a year. They fucking lied. Say, no way, this couldn't have come from a lab. No way, this couldn't have been made by humans. No way, we didn't fund the Wuhan Institute. Bullshit on all three. There's a paper trail to disprove all the things Fauci said. He knew this from the start. He needs to be punished. But he has connections. I found a little picture of our homeboy Fauci with a bunch of the Council of 13. Now, if you remember, I did an episode on these motherfuckers, and that's basically like the ruling families or alleged families that rule the world. So in the picture, it's like Fauci, it's Irene Diamond, it's Brooke Astor, Barbara Walters, George Soros, Ted Turner, Bill Gates Sr., some Rockefeller motherfuckers, a few more people, but his grubby little fingers are all over this. From the National Institute of Health to the Wuhan Clinic, all the way back to the pharmaceutical companies. Now, speaking of the pharmaceutical companies, these fucking companies that hundreds of thousands of people are just trusting that they're not going to get hurt from this vaccine. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Purdue, one of the huge pharmaceutical companies and one of the main players in the opiate epidemic. So check this out. Between September 2019 and September 2020 alone, opioid overdoses killed 87,000 Americans. And yes, that's a new record high. So there's been hell of different court cases against Purdue, and they've demonstrated how Purdue systemically misled doctors about how addictive this drug was going to be and just pushed them to get their patients on it. And I'm just like, if this is a doctor with any type of training, how are they letting some motherfucker convince them that any type of opiate isn't addictive? It doesn't make sense. 
It's knowledge we've had for a couple hundred years now. Opiates are addictive. But whatever, let's just uh, assume these doctors didn't know opiates were super addictive and go on. And I'm getting a lot of this information from Mercola.com. Apparently, a lot of these uh, drug makers were attacking Dr. Joseph Mercola because he's not into big pharma. He's into more of natural approaches, common sense approaches, and God fucking forbid you talk out about that. But apparently, the whole basis of their marketing campaign was due to a single paragraph in a 1980 letter to the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, which stated that narcotic addiction in patients with no history of addiction was very rare. And that was it. That became the basis of a drug marketing campaign. This letter to the New England Journal has been cited more than 600 times, and it served as a basis of misleading and inaccurate statements suggesting opioids have a very low risk of addiction when prescribed for pain. 80% of the articles citing this letter to the editor made zero mention of the fact that this data pertained specifically to hospitalized patients receiving the drugs on a short-term basis. Now that is pretty you know, important information right there because it's totally different being a hospitalized inpatient with somebody controlling the drugs you're getting to being an outpatient and just being given fucking handloads of these fucking heroin pills. But nobody cited that. So this stupid little letter to the editor of the New England Journal has basically caused 60,000 American deaths per year since 1999. I'm just like, how the fuck does this shit keep happening? Oh my God, I'm gonna lose my mind. And look what it's led to. A fucking epidemic. I mean, in San Francisco, there's literally fucking needles all over the streets. Human shit all over the streets. Open air drug markets on the streets. Go to fucking Soma. Go to the Tenderloin. You can probably buy any drug you want with no problem. So Purdue kind of like went on to say that Opiate addiction affects fewer than 1% of patients treated with the drugs. And in reality, like we all know, opioids have a very high rate of addiction, have not been proven effective for long-term use, and in fact fail to control moderate to severe pain any better than over-the-counter pain relievers. As it stands right now, Purdue is facing about 2,600 lawsuits relating to its role in the opioid epidemic. Of course, they've already filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in September 2011 as a way to avoid the litigation losses. Of course, they did transfer billions of dollars out of the corporate accounts and into the Sattler family private accounts because they want to protect their fucking drug money. They have agreed to pay $8.3 billion in fines, forfeiture of past profits, and civil liability payments to settle the charges. But... Now they're short on cash, having transferred more than $10 billion of the company funds into the family trusts and offshore accounts. This company actually has been dissolved at this point, but its remaining assets are being used to erect a public benefit company owned and controlled by the U.S. government. They're saying future earnings will supposedly be used to combat the opioid crisis. Yeah, fucking right. And the part that's almost like the most insidious about this whole situation is Purdue then decided to cash in on the addiction market. It secretly founded Rhodes Pharma to manufacture generic opioids and got into the business of creating overdose treatments. 
Which I'm wondering, like, why didn't they supply that reversal drug, Narcan, from the beginning? Do you know how many lives could have been saved? Fucking greedy motherfuckers. Now, while Purdue's owners, the Sackler family, got off scot-free, like, no criminal charges, nothing like that, states are struggling with the huge cost of the opioid addiction epidemic. And most states aren't ready to bury the hatchet. So, some are now going after the PR firm Purdue hired to run their marketing campaigns. So check this out. That PR firm is none other than Publicus, a partner of the World Economic Forum, which is leading the call for the Great Reset. Publicus appears to be coordinating the global effort to suppress information that runs counter to the technocratic narrative about COVID-19, its origins, prevention, and treatment. So, they've got their grubby little hands in it with the other pharmaceutical companies. Like I keep saying, they are all connected and inter-fucking-twined. So here's just a short list of some of the illegal things they are now getting in trouble for. They placed illegal advertisements for OxyContin in the electronic medical records of patients. They created training materials for produce sales reps on how to combat doctors' objections to the drugs, developing strategies to counter opioid guidelines issued by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and creating, quote-unquote, patient stories to humanize the OxyContin brand and counter negative press about addiction risks. So basically, by design, Publicus scheme worked to counter the public health measures intended to reduce unnecessary opioid use because more opioid use generated more profits for Publicus and Purdue. They didn't give a fuck about all of the lives they were destroying. And why did it take the government fucking almost 20 years to realize what was happening? The DEA didn't even come in and try to regulate these drug dealer doctors until what, like 2010s, 2015s? It's fucking insanity. They were literally allowed to deal synthetic heroin. These fucking pills are just a molecule or two away from actual heroin. But let's prescribe it to a bunch of 20, 30, and 40 year olds for shit that they should probably get some Tylenol or ibuprofen for. It just seems like way too many times people or the media or politicians try to like misrepresent it as irresponsible patients and overprescribing doctors. And it's really not that. It's these fucking pharmaceutical companies and their little PR firms working with all of their might to get these people addicted, to get their fucking heroin pills out there. And then when there's a problem, their PR people try to act like it's just their patients going buck wild with the pills when it's so not the case. You know, Purdue would not have been fucking sued into bankruptcy and prosecuted the way it has been with all of these states if it was truly just people acting irresponsible. There's enough evidence just with Purdue's documents to prove that they conspired to get millions of Americans addicted to these heroin pills. So as it stands now, since the opioid epidemic started in 1999, there's over 500,000 deaths from overdoses related to opiates, whether that be the prescription form or heroin. Because when the DEA decided to finally, you know, get in and start regulating all the fucking heroin pills, they cut thousands of people off of their prescriptions. They made it so impossible for people just to fill a prescription that a lot of them turned to the street equivalent, heroin. 
And now that the heroin fucking supply seems to be completely contaminated with fentanyl, it seems it's super easy for people to overdose. They don't understand fentanyl has been mixed in with the heroin supply. So nobody seems to be fucking doing anything. Now heroin is raging in most communities across the United States. And the pharmaceutical companies have moved on to bigger and better things like the COVID-19 vaccination. It's like uh, people seem to forget very quickly that these pharmaceutical companies care about profits and profits only. So moving on a bit, what would a fucking uh, episode of Vanished in the Valley be without a fucked up Instagram story? So here you go. Get ready for this shit. So today I wake up, I'm minding my own business as per usual and I get wrapped up in some bullshit. And suddenly, like, my followers start forwarding me this account. And the name on the account, no fucking shit, is semen for underscore official. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck are they about to get me into? So I go over to this account. It's Russian run. It's all in fucking Russian. But there's, like, these prepubescent boys. I'm going to guess their age between, like, maybe eight and ten. I don't know. I'm really bad at fucking kid ages, but they're hella young. They're fucking children. And they got this kid posed in like these fucking, I don't even know, a Speedos fucking banana hammock. I don't even know what you call them. Those like tidy whitey version of swim shorts. And he's like posing in the water and he has him posing almost like effeminately and just it's fucking disgusting. And as if that isn't bad enough, you go into the comment section on these pictures and it's just like comment after comment from pedophiles and I'm just like this fucking count has been around for a hot minute like three years plus so this is not something new I'm sure it's been reported before it got reported the fuck out of it this morning I know a lot of my followers reported it to Instagram I reported it I fucking put a link to their account up on reddit a bunch of those people reported it so what does instagram do they threaten to ban us they don't say oh shit we fucked up we've been letting this fucking child grooming pervert post on our site for three years no let's threaten the people that are now trying to rectify the situation how do they have algorithms set up to where my shit is shadow banned right now so bad that i can only get out a reach of 40 people per post And this fucking pedophile has thousands of followers and every time they post, they get dozens and dozens of perverts commenting on it. Something is broken to where pedophiles are allowed to flourish, but anybody that has a dissenting fucking opinion on their narrative gets an immediate shadow ban or permaban. So as of right now, after like six hours of fighting with Instagram about this account, They've removed some of the posts. The account is still active. It's still fucking up. So who knows what's actually going to happen? I mean, it's literally like a replay of the last time I had to get a pedophile banned. It was a Russian account, but this was a young girl posed all provocatively with pedophiles all up in the comments. It's like, really? How come you guys can't get these motherfuckers off your platform, but you can get anybody that's so-called right-leaning off in a fucking heartbeat. I don't know. And it just seems like either people don't fucking care. They don't understand what's going on. They don't want to understand what's going on. But like I keep fucking saying, just because it's horrible, just because it's vile, doesn't mean it's not happening and probably fucking happening in your own backyard. 
It's everyone's responsibility to take these fucking child predators down. You can't sit there and wait for somebody else to do it because it probably won't get done. So I don't know. I'll let you guys uh, know if anything else comes about this fight with Instagram and the followers I have and this fucking pedophile. So at the beginning of the episode, I was telling you about one of my podcast episodes that a pretty well-established podcast, like one of her side podcasts, totally fucking word for word, said exactly like what I was talking about. The episode is about the Discordians and how they supposedly were trying to spread misinformation about the Illuminati back in the day through Playboy magazine. Now, the Discordian topic is so fucking obscure. And, okay, I'll give them that. Okay, maybe, maybe they just happened two weeks after I published mine to fucking also have been doing the research on it. But then they fucking, like, word for word are saying the exact same shit I'm saying. Fucking pissed me off. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that's what the episode on this other podcast was about because I'm a fan. I fucking listen to their both of their podcasts. And all of a sudden, I'm like, did I fucking accidentally play my podcast? Is that what I'm listening to? And I look down and no, it's this other fucking podcast. So a few days later, I'm fucking around on Reddit like I do when I get bored sometimes. And in the true crime discussion area, there's this poll and it's asking, what is the worst true crime podcast out there? Number one with the most upvotes was Crime Junkies because they plagiarize. And <laughs> I'm just like, are you fucking serious? This is like a known thing. These motherfuckers that have a huge ass podcast, they can pay for researchers. And I know on their so this little side podcast that the girl is doing, they credit researchers in the fucking tag at the end. So you're telling me these researchers that they're paying are plagiarizing either small ass podcasts or different articles on the shit because 100% they're plagiarizing somebody. And it's true. At first, I was just like, whatever, because I don't pay that close attention. I'm just listening to a fucking murder podcast to try to pass the time during commute. But I fucking lived it. They plagiarize shit. And I'm not saying it's the host plagiarizing it. Maybe it was a research people plagiarizing either the articles or small podcasts, whatever. It's not fucking cool, though. It's like you guys are huge. You have fucking 25 advertisements per episode about some shitty ass hair care, some shitty ass wine or some fucking nasty ass delivered food. But you can't pay decent researchers or give credit when you steal shit from people. Anytime I quote an article, anytime I get information from a fucking news article or some other source, you fucking give them credit for it. But not here. Not on this little side podcast of the crime chunky girl. So I don't know. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it's not. But it's not just me that thinks that there's a whole fucking thread on Reddit and Crime Junkies number one worst podcast because they plagiarize. So just be aware of that fucking pissed me off, but whatever. So like I said a little bit earlier in the episode, this one is coming out hella late this week. I was in and out of doctor's appointments all fucking week because of this foot issue. So hopefully next week it won't be so crazy and the episode will come out on Thursday like it's supposed to. And I think we're even going to have a special guest. 
So you'll just have to come back on Thursday to find out who the guest is and what we're going to be talking about. So before I get going on this super late ass episode, just wanted to say it's Memorial Day and I think I'm going to take a minute out today, maybe pour one out and actually uh, think about what all that had to mean, all those lives given up for war. But anyway, I always have to thank the downloaders. I fucking appreciate you guys. Come say what's up on the Instagram at Vanished in the Valley Athena. Or you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. I know some of my like way older episodes have been kind of hard to listen to lately because I'm having a problem when I transferred from Acast over to Podbean. Apparently nobody can do their fucking job right and get my shit set up. So, still working on that. I know Spotify still has all the episodes and maybe some of the other things like Stitcher. But, if you run into a problem you can't play some of my older episodes or even the newer episodes, shoot me a line, let me know, and I'm trying to get this shit resolved. So, hopefully it will happen soon. So, like I always tell you guys, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao!